Staying within yourself, overcoming adversity, chipping away at the lead. What can these seemingly innocuous talking heads tell us about gratitude? Can we be grateful for these things? That's coming up next. I mean, <clears throat> sorry. That's coming up next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to this, another edition of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. It's been a while, and that's been by design. No, it hasn't really. <laughs> Time just slips away sometimes, and I like to create these seemingly strange reasons for not being more regular lately in my podcast episode uploads. But it's just that sooner or later you realize, holy crap, it's been two weeks. What the heck happened? And that's the way it is. I have no good excuse. Which in the podcast world, I suppose, unless you're one of the top 25 podcasts, and this one, of course, is not as far as earnings. It is number one in my heart. But as far as earnings and success, I'm one of millions of podcasts that are out there, and we pretty much can decide to kind of do whatever we want, right? Except when I have a couple of the regular subscribers saying, hey, why aren't you regularly uploading? Because I'm regularly subscribing, and I have no good excuse. It is Matthew here, and uh, thank you for joining again for this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast, the podcast that is designed, as you know, but as I like to consistently remind myself about, is to find the little glimpses of gratitude in our daily life. And it's been a very tough latter part of the summer and into fall for me to fully realize that. And I think I've admitted that in the past, and I don't know that too much has changed since then. But that is the purpose of this podcast. It is designed to hopefully get us to reacquaint ourselves with where our lives are and face the reality that our lives have become and are presently at and find ways to simply rejoice in the things that we have versus the things either that we don't have or the things that we're striving to have or the things that we think we need, where are we right now and how can we find gratitude for the things around us? And yes, while that is the purpose of this podcast, as I said, I admit that at times it has been kind of a rough and tumble route uh, to get there. And I thought about this a whole lot yesterday when Donna and I did our version of the uh, End Alzheimer's Walk, which is, a, I believe, a national uh, part of the Alzheimer's Association's organization. I know it certainly is a part of things here in the state of Ohio because I finally got to meet uh, Karen, our contact person at the association who was very nice and actually recognized Donna first based on some of the videos that I have um, uh, posted to my YouTube channel. And so we had a nice little chat 
uh, amongst uh, all of the people that showed up. And there were a large amount of people who actually showed up for the walk on Sunday morning. But I thought about this yesterday about kind of standing there waiting for the event to sort of take place surrounded by all of the same people dressed in purple which is sort of the official color and trying to think to myself well, what is their journey what is your journey who is the person in your life that's affected by this horrendous disease and and I'm sure that we could have shared a number of things that would have made me feel grateful for simply being in the same space with like-minded people and people who are experiencing the same trauma. And of course, COVID prevents us from walking up to somebody and talking a whole lot and introducing ourselves. And we wore masks. Not everybody wore masks. But I thought about these things a lot yesterday during the Alzheimer's walk. And I actually pondered a couple of things on the Alzheimer's walk. And I wanted to share them with you in this podcast. As you know, I'm a sports fan and, you know, my sports fandom doesn't extend to the extent as some of my family members sports fandom, some of my nephews who were on fantasy teams and you know, they had they stack their fantasy roster. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's okay. It's really designed for people who really kind of think 24-7 nonstop sports. And I don't think 24-7 nonstop sports. However, I do enjoy sports. And of course, I follow Cleveland teams. And that can either be a good thing or in many cases that can be a bad thing. Yesterday it was kind of a bad thing because you know, how do you uh, how do you have a game where both teams rack up a thousand yards in total offense and then you score 40 some points and you still lose the game? I mean, I don't even want to go there. But I thought about many of these things as I was on the walk yesterday. And the things that I really kind of thought about were these sort of stock phrases that commentators say and then i like to sort of comically impersonate from time to time when donna and i are riding in the car some of these stock things that they say and you think well what do they even mean people just say this stuff over and over again and i was thinking about well what if i really took a couple of these stock phrases and really applied them and and really conducted a test to see if I could get anything from them. If any gratitude could be squeezed, you know, like a like a like a damp rag and pressured to release all of the water inside, could I find anything in any of these phrases, any of this phraseology? And what got me really kind of thinking about this even prior to the walk was the fact that People seem to share a lot of inspirational quotes, like on Facebook and some of the other platforms. And I am kind of a glass half empty sort of guy. I'm naturally sort of distrustful of these things. It's because I've been sort of taken by things and I'm, I lean towards not giving myself over to them. And I mean, a saying or a meme, I mean, it really has to have value to me. And 
I can only think of several of these things that really made me want to either include it, you know, like in the the signature line of an email or maybe something that would appear on a website. And I normally include the one that just really moves me. And that's from, it's from the movie Almost Famous, which is where Frances McDormand is quoting Goethe. And she says, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. And this always just stuck with me. Like this was the ultimate inspirational quote. And I have it on my website. I have it on the server that I use to transfer files. It just really means something to me. And it's not to discriminate against people who enjoy floating around these inspirational quotes. But I always kind of maybe give a little bit of an eye roll because most of them to me have very little effect. They have very little inspiration for me. And I'm not quite sure what to do with them. So I'm naturally a little distrustful. And so even me, Mr. Sports Guy, when I'm listening to games or I'm watching games and the commentators kind of reel off these sort of platitudes, I know that they come from a good place. And I know that they probably assign a number of meanings to them But when I hear them, I kind of do my own eye roll. And so the first one that I wanted to sort of pick on is the phrase, stay within yourself. Now, this is very common amongst sports commentators because what they're basically saying is, okay, here's this quarterback and he's had like a half season of inconsistency. And they might say, well, I was talking to him the other day and he said, you know, I had a really good outing against whoever it is, fill in the blank. And I really think what made me come to that realization and that I had success during that game is that I just really kind of stayed within myself. Like I knew what my role was, and I didn't let outside forces kind of impact me. And I just stayed true to me. And I used the God-given talents that I have, and I was able to overcome. And so I kind of chuckle when I hear stay within yourself, because everybody says it. But if I look a little deeper at it, how is that really untrue? Because in our journey, for instance, we run into some family stuff. We run into a number of outside forces that try to explain what's going on. We've had people tell us that Donna doesn't even have Alzheimer's, that she's just getting older. And don't trust these doctors who say that to you. So these outside forces have kind of pressured us. They pressured me. They've made me second guess myself. They've made me stand back and kind of rethink, well, is this the route that I should be going? Is this where I should be taking us? Is this the direction where we should be moving in or moving towards? Because in the end, it's really just her and I. 
just like in the end, it's, it's really just you. You and yourself, you and your mate, you and your family. It's just you alone, really, trying to make the best decisions, trying to move in the direction where you think it's best for you. Last year or the year before, I should say the year before COVID, I was at a Browns game and a bartender had a shirt on behind the bar that we went to prior to the game. And the shirt said, Cleveland against the world. And I love that shirt. I love that saying. Because it resonates with me. Because in a way, it's just her and I against the world. Now, do we want people's help? Of course. Do we ask for people's advice? Of course. Do we want people's inspirational quotes? Yes. Yes. Bring them on. They could be useful. But after that smoke has cleared, it's just us moving in the direction where we feel it's best to move. And so this quarterback not letting outside forces impact his performance, that gymnast not letting outside forces impact her performance on the balance beam, just I know, it sounds funny. Just staying within yourself and just trusting you. This is a quote. This is a phrase that I think I can wrench some gratitude from. I particularly like when... The coach emerges from the second half locker room and by contractual obligation, that coach must speak with whoever's doing the telecast, ESPN, ABC, they, they, and they hate it. You could tell that that's the last thing they want to do is they want to talk to a sideline reporter to fulfill their sideline obligation. They maybe they're getting their butts kicked in the first half. They all talked about it during halftime. They're coming out for the second half. They just want to get back to the game, refocus on what they need to do to achieve victory. And there's that person standing there with a the microphone waiting to talk to them, to ask them the question or two that will fulfill their obligation. And then they send it back up to the booth. OK, so I've always both enjoyed this phrase because I knew to expect it because everybody says it. And I've also kind of mocked it because it just seems like it's very, very overused. And the coach would say, well, our goal in the second half is to overcome adversity. And then how many times have the talking heads said it? You know, it's, it's Mike, that what they have to do is, you know, when you're playing on the road in front of 78,000 screaming opposition fans, that's the kind of time that really tests your mettle and you have to overcome that adversity. <laughs> and I'm chuckling at it, just reminding myself about hearing it and, and mouthing the words overcome adversity because it's just so overused. And yet when we went on our Quite gorgeous walk yesterday along the Erie Towpath Trail. 
On our Alzheimer's walk, I thought about overcoming adversity, and really, I looked around at all of these people, draped in purple, with pictures of their loved one who maybe had passed, and now they're doing the walk in his or her memory, or they're in a similar situation that we're in, where they're enduring this every day, and they're trying to raise funds, you know, for Alzheimer's research and dementia research, and and we're all sort of in the same boat, and really, we're all overcoming adversity, right? That's what we're doing. We're overcoming adversity. And when you're faced with this thing, I'm not just picking on Alzheimer's and upsetting us above anybody else. When you have encountered a situation that knocks you off the rails, that track that you were on, that you had all your goals in place and you were ticking them off and checkboxing them off and going along your merry way, and all of a sudden, boom, you were derailed. You were taken off the track. You didn't plan on that happening, but it did. And all of these people walking with us, they were derailed. In a strange way, and in a strange sub-quote of overcoming adversity, we had to reinvent ourselves. (laughs) How many times have you heard that one? And I laugh. I chuckle. Reinventing myself. Yes, I'm going to reinvent myself. But yet, all of these people, that's what they're doing. They're taking their current lifestyle and having to remold it based on what they've been presented with. And as I'm holding Donna's hand, walking along the Erie Towpath Trail, I'm thinking to myself, yes, we are reinventing our lives. And that reinvention is at the expense of overcoming this adversity or trying to overcome this adversity. That's why I still haven't completely even started to really wrap my head around the death of our granddaughter, Mally, because I can still see her trying to overcome adversity, laying in that bed, struggling to breathe, surrounded by all these people, helpless, totally reliant on the forces of nature and medicine and the people who love her, trying to overcome adversity. And all of the people affected by it, in a sense, whether they want to or not, reinventing themselves. Reinventing how they look at life. Reinventing how they look at God. Reinventing how they look at what commitment and devotion is supposed to be. All because this brilliant, wonderful being had to experience this incredibly awful disease and now is struggling to overcome this adversity. While it's thrown around very easily, isn't that what we're tasked with? With any of these life-altering things, that we get 
inspiration from somebody like Mally, who consistently found another gear to get into. That's another phrase that the talking heads like to say, and yet it's true. Time and time again, she dug deep, found another gear so that she can continue to go on and, and try to overcome this. And while she succumbed to it, that journey can be very inspirational. So it goes past the inspirational words, whether they appear in print or whether they come from a talking head. Overcoming adversity is real. And while I joke and mock it, I also realized yesterday that this is something that needs to be reevaluated so that we can discover being grateful for the attempt at finding another gear and overcoming. As I was pacing back and forth yesterday eating tater tots, I don't know why I connect watching the Browns with tater tots. It's just something that I make, and it's no not good for me, but that's what I do. I make tater tots. Sometimes I combine them with a beer, but usually I'm not much of a day drinker, so usually it's, it's tater tots, and Donna and I share a root beer, and that's how I watch the Browns, and Donna sits, and I stand. I can't sit. I pace back and forth. I rock back and forth. It's really dumb. I know it's stupid, but that's what it is. It takes it out of me, and that's how I do that. It happens 16 times a year, 17 now with the added game, and if it's the playoffs, it's more. It's something I put myself through, but tater tots are usually involved. You know, yesterday when we were down by a touchdown and then down again and then tied and then down again, I kept saying to Donna, you know, we just need to chip away. You need to chip away at this. It's like in baseball. When a team's down by nine runs, your team is down by nine runs, and it's the eighth inning, and things seemingly look, you know, out of sorts. I mean, it's not going to happen. Come on, you got to score eight runs. And the talking head says, you just got to chip away. They just got to chip away at this, you know, little by little. And, you know, I was laughing. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's true. Yeah, you're going to chip away, right? But then again, I thought yesterday, well, isn't that what we do? Isn't that what all of these people are doing every day, little by little, just little pieces, just chipping away at it, just trying to make do, trying to make it good, trying to make it better, trying to make their loved one more comfortable, trying to find a new reality, trying to find little glimpses of hope in the otherwise mist of strangeness that infiltrates their life. You're just trying to find little moments, chip away at little moments, you know, chip away at those. You get a hit here, get a guy on base, you score a run. Okay, now it's nine to two. Okay, there's only one out. I mean, that's the feeling that you have to have, right? Okay, you got a first down. I know you got 68 more yards to go, but listen, you just have to get 10 more to keep the ball, keep the ball rolling. Just, you know, as Hank Stram used to say, matriculate the ball down the field. You just need to not give up the football. Don't have to punt. Just keep chipping away. When I was growing up, learning 
how to smoke dope and do weird things that I shouldn't have been doing when I was a kid, buying albums and living the rock and roll lifestyle and growing my hair long and, and reading things that I wasn't supposed to read and looking at pictures I wasn't supposed to look at and talking to people I probably wasn't supposed to be talking to. I was also going to my favorite record store. This record store was just, it was the record store of record stores. I mean, they sold t-shirts and stuff that you could smoke out of and it smelled good and had incense and cool people worked there and they were like calling me man and dude and it's all good and that kind of, you know, it was just, it was, I, I, I just loved the Quonset hut. The Quonset hut was just a place where I walked into and, and it just, the whole aura of being in that building just made me feel a part of something. And I just felt like it was us against the world. It was all these heads and weird people just kind of against the world. And that's the way I felt. And I liked it. And I liked their motto onward through the fog, onward through the fog. And to me, it represented everything about, you know, that experience. And it represents everything about chipping away at the thing that you're dealing with and it's tough it's tough to go on with through the fog sometimes i just want to lay down in a clump you know in an embryonic state and let the mist go over me and just say all right that's it game over you know shut the engines down but sometimes like the talking heads say you got to keep your head down and just keep going just get it done when i'm confronted with my checklist of things because i'm doing a lot of these things by myself I think to myself, hey, I'm not the only one doing these things by myself. There's lots of by myself people out there that are doing all these things that I need to do. And I look at this checklist, there are nine things I need to get done today. Okay, I'm just going to chip away at these things. I'm just going to get one done, not think about it, do it, move on to the next one. Okay, now I got to do this. I'm going to check mark it off. I'm just going to move on to the next one. I'm just going to keep my head down. And I'm just going to move on. And Uncle Bug sharing that day at Normandy when he saw those body parts. He didn't slump down in an embryonic state. He summoned a, another gear. He summoned another power inside of him. And chipped away at his job what he needed to do to get to the next person. As a medic to help somebody else who may not be dead, whose body parts may not be strewn all over Omaha Beach. And that's inspirational to be surrounded and, and find those people that will do those things. And hopefully you will do those things. Can you be like them? Can you summon it? Can you be like Mally? Can you summon a new gear and chip away at stuff? That's really the question. Driving home yesterday after that walk, I, in a really, really, really strange way, I felt like a little sliver of gratitude for these dumb talking heads that I've heard over and over and over again. The people I like to mock because, you know, broadcasters can mock other broadcasters, right? <laughs> And these things can be true, even though they may sound dumb, they can be true. So don't be too harsh on the talking heads. 
and get out and enjoy the weather you have a chance here in Northeast Ohio. I finally took Friday off after trying to take Wednesday off, and that didn't work really well. And I tried to take Thursday off, and that didn't work really well. And I won't go into all that, but, you know, sometimes people need stuff done, and they don't really want to wait. So that's the way it is. Friday, we, I know, we took a trip to Youngstown. Can you believe it? Youngstown? I had to go to a camera store about something, but we found... In this plaza filled with cars, it wasn't the place that you would think that you would sit outside and have a cup of coffee and a hot chocolate and enjoy the day, but it was, it was just great. We sat in like this little strip plaza, and the weather was warm, and we both had sandals on and shorts, and it was just a beautiful day, and the people were really nice, like the people who waited on us and served us. and. You helped us pick the right thing, a place we hadn't been before, and it was just a cup of coffee, really. And I was really grateful for that. Like, I was really, like, this is great. This is great. Even if it wasn't three or four days off, and it was just an afternoon, just to kill and have fun and shoot the crap and have a cup of coffee. And you know, sometimes you just got to do those things. And I'll think back on that day. Here in another month and a half when the white stuff is covering the lawn and we'll have to worry about people slipping and sliding down the road and okay, I don't even want to go there. But I'm going to think about that day, just leaning back in that chair, sipping on that coffee and just enjoying the day, being grateful for it. And you got to find those little things, you know, in your world. So that's it, you talking heads, overcoming adversity, and playing within yourself and staying within yourself, or however that goes. All these things are things that we can be grateful for. So they just have to fit you, and they have to apply to you and your situation. So I'm going to be hitting you up next year. We were devoid of our own Alzheimer's walk team this year because Don and I had planned to go away for a couple of days and I felt compelled to cancel that because of COVID. People told me I was crazy. I mean, they said I was nuts. Like, why would you do that? But that's the decision I made. And not really happy about that decision. I do think that sooner or later, even the vaccinated are going to have to make some decisions about their life because, you know, this isn't going away anytime soon. And it may never go away. So you're going to have to find a new path forward. You're going to have to reinvent yourself. I mean, you can't stay locked up forever. That's just a fact of life. So you're going to have to make new decisions about when and where to do the things that need to happen in order for you to continue living, for crying out loud. But that's the decision we made, and that is the deal. So I'm going to come hitting you up for money <laughs> next, next year when we organize our new team for our walk. And hopefully, maybe some of the Gratitude Journal podcast listeners can be involved. Wouldn't that be great? Until then, I hope you're safe, and I hope you're healthy, and I hope you're enjoying this splash, as Father Fick used to say, this splash called Autumn. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.